0: Welcome back to Two P's in a Podcast, where we are down to one P, your host, Laura Morrell. A podcast where no conversation is off topic. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas in a Potty with your host Laura Morrell and today I wanted to dive into a bit of a day or week in the life with me but with a focus on helping you be able to have that beautiful ratio of work to home life and the reason I use the word ratio and not balance is because balance I think equality so 50-50 but It's impossible to have 50-50 in work and home life. We don't have those hours in the day. So we have to reframe it to find a good ratio to make you feel full, to make you feel rested and not overworked because life is hard. Life is freaking stressful and life is bloody hard to manage. Let Let me say that. Now, I do long ass hours. I am the first to put my hand up and say, I love what I do. I do long hours and it's tough, but I've also had a whole other lifetime experience in the corporate work. So I would be doing 12, 13 hours working for one of the biggest banks in Australia. And I did that for majority of my adult life. So this was doing the nine to five, but let's face it. It was more seven to seven, Monday to Friday but then dying on the weekends. And this is why I wanted to do this podcast because I want to help anyone who might be stuck in that cycle of working so hard throughout the week, but then you kind of lose the weekends because you just want to recover. So you don't have time to want to organize your nutrition or to go for a walk or to go to the gym or do all these wholesome things or wake up early and go to the farmer's market. We don't have the energy because we're just recovering from such a stressful life throughout the week. So I want to give you my top tips to navigate a stressful, busy life, but then also dive into a little snippet of what a day slash week looks like with me. So my number one tip is be organized with nutrition. So just like you get your clothes ready for work, just like you get your gym bag ready for gym, just like you get the kids school lunches for school get organized with nutrition. Now, again, language matters because we have this mentality of meal prepping, that it's meal prepping is like organizing your food for a diet, and you already have a negative association with dieting. So when you switch that mindset from meal prep to organized nutrition organization, all of a sudden, you've gone from Oh, I have to plan my food too. I'm just organizing my food for the week, just like I would my clothes, my gym bag, the school lunches. So get organized. Number two, prepare for stress to happen and stop waiting for a perfect week. It's never going to get here. You're always going to have one or two nights, late nights. You're always going to have a sick child. You're always going to have, you might get sick. You always might have meetings pop up. So be prepared, have frozen meals in the freezer. I love um, dynamic meals or U-foods. So have them in the freezer or have three to four recipes that are super easy to make under 10 minutes. Some examples, fried rice, omelet, um, air fryer meals, utilize as much appliances as you can that have a timer on it. A steamer, an air fryer, a slow cooker, like utilize all of that where you can chuck it in and then go do your work and then come back. Number three is self-compassion with discipline. I know a lot of coaches harp on about discipline and and motivation and willpower, but you need to have self-compassion. So, for example, the other week, it was daylight savings, which freaking rocked me. I don't know about anyone else, but it freaking rocked me this to this time of the year. So, usually I'd wake up about 5.36, but daylight savings meant that was like 4.35 and I couldn't get up. So, I have the self-compassion to say, you know what, I'm going to have another half an hour. Polo was looking really cute and I was spooning my dog and I was really warm and it was raining outside. And I was like, you know what, my body needs sleep. So I gave myself that self-compassion to allow that extra sleep. But then I also have that discipline to be like, okay, I didn't go for my morning walk, so I'll make sure I pop that in in the afternoon. So I'm disciplined enough to adapt that thing that I missed out on to make sure I still do it throughout the day. And that's what a beautiful mix of self-compassion with discipline is. Number four is own your mornings and set boundaries. Now, I know so many people harp on about freaking morning routines, journal, meditate, glamorize, like this perfect setup. So every time we don't have this perfect morning routine, we feel disappointed because it doesn't look like the glam we see on social media forget all of that. It doesn't have to be glamorous. I mean, you, my pajamas aren't matching. Like if you see the the morning routines on social media and it's like beautiful neutral colors, you know, the girl wakes up, gorgeous face. I'm like, no. I wake up, my mop of a hair is everywhere. I've got mismatched pajamas and it just doesn't look like what it does on social media, and I'll be honest, but There are so many benefits to morning and nighttime routines. The biggest one is our brainwaves are lower. So things affect our subconscious a lot more. So if we're going straight to looking at emails or social media, we're just spiking our cortisol. And even that can affect our food behaviors throughout that day. But the other way I like to explain it to my clients is set your boundaries. If you're checking work emails at 6 a.m., Guess what? It's like having your front door open for employee for workers to come inside your house at 6 a.m. when you're in your pajamas. You are basically inviting them in your house. You need to have boundaries. Would you go to someone's house at 6 a.m.? Probably not because it's their time. So why are you allowing yourself to read and respond to emails? At the end of the day, and this is something that took me a long time to work out, you're, no one's going to die if you don't respond to them for, at work. It's a lot of ego in it. We need to remove that ego. No one's waiting on us at 6 o'clock in the morning. So give yourself that time. Put that boundary up. No one should be allowed to walk into your home at 6 a.m. So put that boundary up. Night Number five is your nighttime boundaries. And this is really important because a lot of women say to me, oh, I'm just exhausted. I have no trouble sleeping. But there's a difference between going to bed exhausted and going to bed Rested. So if we just go to bed exhausted, our hormones are going to be spiking, cortisol is still going to be high, it's going to wake you up, you're going to have poor quality sleep. Whereas if you have a healthy nighttime routine, for me, my shower is my trigger to switch off from the day. I'll have a shower at like 6.37, which for me means no more work, no more laptop, maybe I'll go watch TV, but it'll be like um, a 10-minute meditation, a five-minute journal, then watching TV with Bill in bed. So... Making sure we're going to bed in a calm state by having a nighttime routine rather than just exhausted and cortisol driven. Number six is pockets of you time throughout the day. Now, we sometimes make it over complicated. We think, oh, I don't have an hour to meditate and journal. I don't have an hour to go for a walk. You don't need an hour. I'm just asking you to have little pockets throughout the day. Five minutes is 300 seconds. 10 minutes is only 600 seconds. Now, when I say to girls, um, do you have 10 minutes at lunchtime? They're like, no. I'm like, do you have 600 seconds? They're like, yeah, I've got 600 seconds. There is no difference. So mindset matters. So look for those 300 seconds or 600 seconds, whether that's an, a morning tea or a lunchtime to go outside, get some sunshine, to go do a walking five-minute meditation. Just those little pockets of day can really ground you. Number seven, manage your stress. Fun fact, and this is because I worked in recruitment for so long, so we did a lot of studies according to this, but people actually leave work and their job because of burnout, not because of the work or the, the culture itself. And we hear a lot of the time, the culture is really bad. People leave their job because of the culture, their manager. But what actually happens is we become so burnt out that people around us start annoying us. So the culture changes because it's our perception because we are burnt out. So you really have to manage your stress, do some breath work, meditate, journal and set those boundaries because it would be amazing to have a career where you weren't always wanting to switch jobs because you feel that burnout. So that's my top seven tips. But I want to dive into what does my day and week look like? And it's so different than what it used to be because I learned the hard way. Going hard doesn't equal success. Working harder does not equal success. And I really want to preface that. You can be well-rested, have quality of life, be healthy, and also be successful. It's not one or the other. They can go hand in hand if you choose to. But in our brains, we wear working hard as a badge of honor. Like that's the only way to be successful. So my day actually starts at nighttime the day before. So I plan my day the night before. I do my to-do list and I use monday.com and I plan out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't like giant to-do lists because it overwhelms me. So I always plan what I have to get done and allocate them into the, the following days of based on urgency. But I do a brain dump. Anything that's worrying me, anything that's frustrating me, I like to get it out all on paper because our brain is really irrational. And by writing it out, it helps me rationalize. And then I'm going, and then the the day before, I actually plan the following day when I'm gonna go for my walk or when I'm gonna go to the gym. Because For me, every day, I will do a form of movement. I don't train every day. I only train four times a week and people are like surprised by that. But I only train four days a week, which means three days a week, I'm having a rest. But on those days, I will choose to go for a planned walk instead. So I look at my calendar and I look when I can fit it in. Some days it's in the morning. Some days it might be a lunchtime. Some days it might be early afternoon, depending on my client calls. Um, so yeah, every night I look at my following day and I put it in my calendar, just like I do with any meeting, because my movement is as important as going to a meeting. Um, and then I also, as I mentioned before, I have a trigger to wash off the day and switch off, which is my shower. And I find that kind of, um, very symbolic because I'm like washing off the day, literally washing off the day. So for me, I like this going to sound so weird, but I, um, I use a salt lamp. So I don't put the bathroom lights on at night because they're so bright, but I actually use the salt lamp and I put the salt lamp in the bathroom. And now Bill's got into this too at the start. He thought I was crazy. He's like, why are you showering in the dark? But it's so beautiful. It makes me more tired. It doesn't stimulate me. And it's just such a beautiful, it feels like a day spa. So a little tip for anyone who is a night showerer like I am is to, yeah, get a Himalayan salt, which kind of mimics sunset, and that's what helps the melatonin production as well. Then I will try and read ten pages if I don't fall asleep, but then I'll always watch some TV with Bill. So I'm really honest in saying you you can use TV like screens, but wear your blue blocker glasses because that's what's going to be really important to protect those blue waves from getting into the back of the retina and the in the in the eye because that will stop the melatonin production. So what's really important is for me, that is my time with Bill. And I don't want to give that up because I have to read and I have to meditate. I do all of that beforehand. And then I can relax with my partner and watch a little bit of TV. So that's my morning. uh, Sorry, that's my nighttime routine. The following day, I'll always wake up between 5.30 to 6.30, And look, if I wake up at 6.45 or 7, I don't hate on it. My body needs it. So be kind to yourself. But majority of the time, it's around 5.30 to 6.30. It's always within the hour. So I always allow myself to wake up within that hour because if I'm waking up 5.30 one day, 7.30 the next, my circadian rhythm is always going to be off. So I give myself that one-hour grace period. But I listen to my body. Am I really tired? Am I being lazy? Then I'll do a small walk with Polo and this is my non-negotiable. And even in my phone, I have do it for Bubba because yeah, he needs to have that exercise. So for me, I always like to have a morning walk with him. I have a morning routine, but I adapt it every day. So, As long as I get my, I do like to do a meditation and I like to set my intentions for the day as well as go for a walk. But every day it might look slightly different depending like, for example, Thursdays I have USA calls. So I'm working from six o'clock. So I'm not going to get up at 4.30 and do my routine. So I'll get up, I'll make a coffee, I'll meditate, I'll have a shower and then I'll do my calls. And then after my calls, I might then do my walk and do my journaling. So my biggest advice as well is learn to adapt instead of chasing that perfect routine. When you allow yourself to adapt, it's teaching you that self-compassion with discipline. Now, this is going to be very weird, but I actually work in 90 minute um, intervals because our brain can actually only hold full concentration for 90 minutes. So I actually do 90 minutes of work and then I do 300 seconds, which is five minutes of rest. And that rest could be going downstairs, getting a glass of water, filling up my bottle, playing with my dog. But I actually work in increments of 90 minutes over the space of the day. So I usually start work at sort of 7, 7.30. Some days are 6, some days are 6.30, depending on my client calls. Um, but I'll always make sure I schedule in a 15-minute morning tea break where I'll have something to eat before lunch. And then I'll always make time to have lunch at around 1, 1 1.30. Now, I always allow when I am having lunch at least 600 seconds of mindfulness. So after I eat, my trigger is to have some mindfulness. So maybe I'll go outside, but it just allows me to be more present with each of my clients. So for anyone who might be working, you know that feeling of, you're on a client call or you've got an appointment, you're like, oh my God, I've got six more appointments to go. Oh my God, I've got five more appointments to go. That was me back in the day. But through implementing mindfulness and having these like 300 seconds of mindfulness throughout the day, it allows me to be so present with my clients. So whatever client call I'm on, all I think about is them. I'm not worrying about the 10 calls I have. All I'm thinking about is them. So that mindfulness, as much as you're like, I don't have time to do it, 300 seconds that makes you concentrate better and it makes you better in your job is so much better than being burnt out not really 100% there thinking oh my god five more clients four more clients three more clients so it's just about choosing how you want to work and for me I don't want to ever go back to that mindset of five more clients four more clients three more clients and that's why I love my job so much because I'm so mindful in it whenever I'm talking to a client I'm only thinking about that client Um, The other thing I always do is I always speak to Bill throughout the day. He lights me up. He's just, oh, you know that feeling when you're dating someone and it's really early on and you see like they message you and you get that little flutter. And then whenever your phone goes off, you're like hoping it's them three years later. And I still have that same feeling with Bill. So he'll always call me on his way to work and his way home from work. And we'll talk for 40 minutes each way. And it's some people would be like, that's so weird, but you live together. But I'm telling you, we could just talk for hours. So that is actually a big part of my day and a big highlight of my day as well. So the other thing as well is I'm getting better at like segregation in my work because for anyone who works at home, works from home, it can be hard because it kind of blurs and you kind of just end up working all day. But I try to keep the office to my work only Look. I'll be honest, it's something I'm working on. It's not something I'm great on, but I'm definitely trying to implement that a little bit. And then once I finish for work, as you all know now, my nighttime routine. So, um, have a shower, wash off the day and then start that nighttime routine. So that's kind of what my Monday to Friday looks like. A lot of the time I'll be working from home, but a lot of the time I will go to cafes or I will go to the library as well um, just to have a different environment. So one big thing I will say too is different environment actually triggers dopamine, which is motivation. So if you can change up where you're working a little bit, you can actually produce more hormones that make you more motivated. So maybe changing the location of your office or moving your desk in another part of your office or working from cafes if you have that ability. Now my weekends look very different, but I always allow later bedtimes still within the hour. So usually I'll go to bed at about nine o'clock, but on the weekends it might be 10 o'clock, maybe 10 30. I mean, to be fair, I went out Friday night and I got home at 1am, which doesn't happen a lot for me. And it definitely at 32, I feel the difference. Um, but I do allow that later bedtime, but still within the hour. So I don't change my circadian rhythm where a lot of people go wrong is they go to bed 9, 9.30 throughout the week. But then on the weekends, it's like 12, 1, 2. And then come Monday, they struggle because you've actually reset your circadian rhythm to be later. And that means your melatonin production starts later as well. And you have to get back into it. And it's a lot harder. So my best advice was still allow flexibility on the weekends, but try and keep it within an hour, an hour and a half. Now, the biggest thing with my weekends is I still have structure with food, um, but I just choose what foods I do eat more out on weekends. So I'll have a brunch and a dinner out on a Saturday. And then Sunday I'll have one meal out. So I'll probably eat three times out on a weekend, but I still have structure with the other meals. So I still Have homemade nutritious food to ensure I'm getting that protein, fats and carbs in and keeping that structure. Because what happens is, and this is what I used to do when I was working in corporate, I'd be really good Monday to Friday. And then I'd be like, Oh my God, like you're just so burnt out that you're like, I don't want to think about food. I just want to eat what I want. But if you can incorporate some structure on the weekends, you're just going to feel so much better come that Monday. Now I do work on weekends and It is so imperative for me to fill my cup up. So I will probably on a Saturday work from like maybe 7am until 11. And then Sundays I do try and take a full day off. Doesn't always happen. But again, anyone that runs a business, sometimes it's a little bit harder. So again, just being kind to myself. It's not going to be forever, Um, but I love what I do. But my non-negotiable is I see my friends at least, at least once to twice on a week. In a week. And this is important because my girls fill me up so much. I'll always talk to at least three of my friends on phone calls throughout the week, messaging them all day long, but it's just so important for me to connect with them physically. So I will see them every single week on the weekend, but also my non-negotiable is a date day Sunday with Bill and a date night Thursday as well. And again, it's just about life is busy. Work is hard. Um, we can be tired. So sometimes we stop prioritizing, especially, you know, dating our own partner, no matter how long you've been together, still make time to date them. And especially with friendships, it still requires that effort. And I'm really honest with my friends. We did a whole friend series, but they know when I'm burnt out, and I'm like, do you want to just come over and chill on the couch? Or can we just go get breakfast and go for a walk? Like you can just be present with a person and hold each- hold space for each other without having to... Um, plan a big fancy thing. So that's kind of what my weekends look like. They're a lot more flexible. It's a lot more family time. Sundays are usually family dinners together with my parents and my sister. Um, But I still have structure and I think that's really important. So I hope you have found this episode to be helpful. Um, Again, it's just about a little snippet into my day and weekends, but also just some tips for you to navigate work life and home life to create that better ratio for you so we're not just feeling so burnt out. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and can't wait to see you on the next one. Bye.